Did you all have a bit of a rest? Who had a bit of a rest? Who has a nap on Sunday afternoon? Uh, who, who's lying? <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. You know, I just want to say a big thank you once again. I know it's a proper thing to do to say thank you to the senior pastor, but I also want to say thank you to Pauline because she can feed you. Man, alive. She can cook a meal. Wow, wow, I really felt blessed and, uh, and now I'm still digesting it. It was, it was really good and uh, so we're really happy to be uh, amongst you. My wife says hello and uh, she's missing me so I'm going to get back to her uh, tomorrow. My daughter actually preached in our church uh, this morning. Apparently she ripped it up and she preached a really magnificent message and, and so it's good to, it's good to have uh, people serving the Lord. Uh, especially in your family. You know, that's one of our desires, that our family goes strong in God. And I just want to encourage you, you know, if you've got children maybe that are not going on for God, don't worry, God's got his hand upon them. You just keep on praying, just keep on believing, keep on seeing them, seeing them in the house of God, and they'll come. They'll come. Amen? Well, I, I'm going uh, to address uh, an interesting subject today. And uh, but God has been speaking to me about the whole area of the supernatural, not just for uh, just one message, but over a couple of years. And I've been just looking at the book of Acts and looking at the gospel of, of Luke and, um, uh, and Mark and, and, and just looking at what, how God uh, moves amongst people. And then we did a series on Ephesians. And I love Ephesians, but as you get to Ephesians 4 and 5 and 6, 6 particular starts to unravel something of the world of the unseen. And the Apostle Paul speaks about it. Are you, you okay to get some teaching tonight? Is that all right? You'll need to have uh, a pen. You'll need to have, we're going to get some scriptures here. And then you just write down what, what you feel God is telling you. But, but in, in that, he unravels the world of the supernatural. And uh, he does it in a very natural way. You know, sometimes when you talk about supernatural, people get really spooky. Anybody met any spooky Christians? Anybody met any weird Christians? Is there any weird Christians here today? Oh, okay, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with that one. Not too sure what we do with that. But you know what? You can be naturally supernatural. You can have a desire to experience the presence of God. Amen? How many believe that? Amen? You know, and there are, I just want to say that there are some things that happen to you that are more than just a bad day. It's more than just you getting a, a parking ticket. It's more than you, uh, maybe that your coffee machine breaks down. Or, okay, sometimes there is uh, an orchestrated, it seems, attack, an orchestrated scheme that comes against you. And uh, you need to recognize that, otherwise you're going to get yourself into trouble. Now listen, there are some parts of this message that some of you are going to have to think about. All right? Some, it's a little bit like chewing meat. Okay? You, there are some things you, you can eat and you just swallow them whole like an oyster. You just all the way down. But when it comes to, when it comes to eating meat, you've got to munch on it a little bit. And I, and I just pray you listen and just take it in, chew on it a little bit. And by the end of it, I believe maybe that you'll be a little bit more enriched and, and more enlightened about this world in which we deal with on a consistent basis. Okay, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says this. It says, finally, thank you guys, if you can put it up. Finally, it says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God that you might take your stand against. Everybody say against. Yes. The devil's schemes. Have you ever felt that there's something against you? 
against your family, against your children, against your health. And you kind of go, what on earth is going on here? It's more than just a coincidence. I, I just find that sometimes this will happen and then this will happen and this will happen and this will go, whoa, come on. This is now getting ridiculous. And you understand that there is something going, there is somebody against you. And it says, Paul says, we fight against the devil's schemes. Everybody say the devil. Now, you know, we, we, we sort of get a little bit, oh, the devil, you know, when I mention his name. But Paul does it in a very natural way. And he says that there is an enemy of your soul that is out to, to try to steal, to kill, and destroy. And the word devil means diabolos. I'm going to teach you a bit of Greek. Have you, you like that? Any Greek people here? I know that the drummer was Greek. Is that right? That's right. We love Greek people. Okay, but that's all right. I'm Italian by background. It's all right. We love you. And uh, everybody say diabolos. Diabolos means that he, the, the actual word means to slander and to lie. So that is his nature. He lies and he slanders. And, so, and then the next word we get here is that he, he says, we, uh, says we fight against the devil's schemes. The word for scheme is methodia. And that means tricks. It means, uh, uh, it, it means schemes. It means uh, he has a strategy behind that which, he do, that which he does. So here we have, we have the enemy that tries to come against us. He is Diabolos. He is a liar. He is a slanderer. And he'll use every trick in the book to try to bring you down. That's the reality of the world in which we live. And so then it says here, he has a full arsenal of tricks. He's better than a magician. But don't worry. He's, uh, we're going to deal with him in a few moments. For it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Now, some of you think it's against people, because how many of you know that there's some people out there, and they're nasty? Some nasty people out there, and you think that your fight is against them, but it's not against them. Sometimes they're spiteful, they're hateful, but they don't realize that there is an influence behind that which they do. And the enemy is the one who sometimes is orchestrating that and influencing that. And they don't even know it. They don't know it. Verse 12 says this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against spiritual forces of evil, in heavenly realms. Verse 13, I don't know if I gave that to you, but I'll read it. It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God that when the day of evil, everybody say day of evil, there are some days which are evil, you may be able to stand, everybody say stand, your ground after you've done everything to stand. This is a real eye-opener to us that there is an invisible world. There is that which we see is tempering, the Bible says, but that which we do not see is eternal. And we are in that world on a consistent basis. There is a struggle going on there. And there, there is like this pull, if you like, trying to pull us into a place where we ought not to be. It's a bit like the undertow. Uh, I don't know how many of you have actually been swimming, but I remember a number of years ago, I took on a little bit of boogie boarding. I wish I'd kept it up because I would have been healthier than what I am now. But, and uh, so we used to go out and we used to love just uh, surfing and, and doing all of that stuff. And, and uh, I remember that I went with my family to a place called Torquay. And in this particular day, we were walking the beach. We thought we had our boogie boards there and we're ready to go in. But as soon as we walked just on the shore, there was like this pushback. It's like literally the sand was being sucked 
out from underneath us and we thought, whoa. And I said to the kids, I said, we're not going in today. This is too dangerous because it's like something's trying to suck us back. And, and, and I don't know if you've heard that many times when you get people from overseas, they, they come and they're not used to the, our oceans, they're not used to the undertow, they're not used to the suck back and they end up drowning because they underestimate. You're listening. They underestimate the power of that suck back. And uh, we need, and this is why we need to be really, really, uh, we need to understand that wherever there is gross evil, that, that there is an enemy trying to make it happen. The problem with most people, C.S. Lewis said, one of the greatest thinkers, he said, the problem is that most people overestimate or underestimate spiritual warfare, where everything is the devil or nothing is the devil. You understand that? Have you ever met people, and they're always talking about the devil, and they say, that, uh, the, the car breaks down, the devil broke, maybe break it down. Or, that, or that they, something bad happens, or they, they get a car parking uh, ticket. Oh, the devil, you know, the devil's after me. The devil, the devil, the, de- the devil, it's always the devil. And, and this is like, listen to me, if you live in that realm, if you are always conscious of the dark realm, whatever you are conscious of, you give, you give authority over your life. You're, I need you to understand that this is a balance. If you're forever talking about demons, you're forever talking about the dark side, you give them power over your life. That's one extreme. The other extreme is that we don't believe in him at all. Oh, well, that's just human nature. Oh, well, that's just bad luck. Oh, that's just uh, the way things are. Listen to me. Something's going on. You look around the world, something's going on. Why is it that a man... What would influence a man to exterminate six million Jews? What influences a man to abuse a little child sexually? What influence would do that? What causes a person to take women or girls, put them into a container and sell them for $10 so that they can be abused by other men? What, what is that? Whenever you see gross evil, understand that there is a mastermind behind that that is influencing that kind of behavior. And the Bible says it's Satan. He is the enemy of our souls. How many, how many agree with what I'm saying here? Okay. And they, sometimes they don't even know that they're being influenced. C.S. Lewis again says, funny how the devil likes it when we overbelieve or underbelieve, but don't Bible believe. You want me to repeat that again? We can, funny... He says how the devil likes it when we overbelieve, in other words, everything is the devil, or we underbelieve, but we don't Bible believe what God's word says. Now listen, I'm no expert on the subject, but you know what? I'm 58 years of age. And when you get to 58, you don't care what other people think. <laughs> Realistically. I've lived a little bit of life here, and I've been a pastor for 30 years. And I've studied the Word of God, and I know the Scriptures, you know, fairly well. But I tell you, there is stuff that ha- has happened in my life that I cannot explain except that it's a frontal attack of the enemy. There's no other way that, that, 
that has happened. And it's like from time to time, it's against my family, against my health, against my children, against my church. And I'm going, whoa, what's going on here? It's like there's this attack. There's this the enemy strategy to try to bring it down. And in times like that, I've taken all the best advice and I've done everything I know. I've worked really hard, but nothing seems to happen because here we've got a spiritual, a spiritual warfare taking place. So what I do in those times, I dig deeper. Everybody say, dig deeper. If you're experiencing a little bit of attack, you need to dig deeper. Dig deeper into God. Dig deeper into God's Word. Dig deeper into His presence. Start to seek God with, with greater intensity. The Bible says this. It says, it says, submit yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Amen. Come on, where is that scripture? Do we have it there? Okay, James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, it says here, well, I've got it here. It says, humble yourself before God, or submit yourself. Everybody say, submit yourself, submit yourself. before God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Re submit yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee. That's what the Word of God says. He's got no option. He trembles at the sound of his name. Let me tell you, I don't give the devil really too much thought at all. I just understand that there are some schemes that he's up to. Okay? I just understand that. And I found a new prayer position. I don't know about you. When things are going well, I don't know how you pray, but when I, pray, I get up and I sort of pray and I walk around a little bit. I'm a walker, so I walk a little bit. Sometimes I'll sit down. When things get a little bit more serious, I might get on my knees, saying, God, you know, things are just a little bit, you know, things are happening here. And when things get really, 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 really tough, I've learned a new position, Pastor Rob, flat like this. I said, God, in 2014, I found myself in one of those positions. I said, we are in deep trouble. We are in deep, deep trouble. And I found the Lord say, son, I got this. I'll fight for you. I'll fight for you. The one who is with you is greater than he who is in the world. He's got no chance whatsoever. You humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee. He will flee. Amen? Okay, that's where we, that's the standpoint of the supernatural is we win. We always win but you just got to understand what's going on. So how do you, how do, you do spiritual warfare and win? Okay, let's, let's have a look at this. I wanted you to turn to Matthew chapter 4, and if you have your Bibles, verse 1. We look at the case study of Jesus when he was tempted in the wilderness by Satan. And the Bible tells us that we can learn so much about how he dealt with it so we can deal with it. It says, And Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert or into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after 40 days and 40 nights, he was, everybody say he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now I want you to notice the first strategy here. The enemy will always attack you at a point of vulnerability. He knows a point of vulnerability. Jesus has been fasting for 40 days. He's hungry. And so now he says, well, Jesus, if you are the son of God, turn these these, turn these stones into, into bread. You need to understand that the devil, devil knows the rules of combat, and they're two, strike your opponent, opponent by surprise. It's the punch you don't see coming that hurts the most. You think, where did that come from? 
And then the second rule of combat is strike him where he's most vulnerable. The enemy knows where you're vulnerable. Do you know? Do you know areas that you're not too strong in? You need to be careful. You know, some Christians are so naive. They say, oh, that would never happen to me. I would never do that. And I feel like saying to them, why not? Are you not made of flesh and blood? You kidding me? Of course, we are capable of anything if we open our, up ourselves to a point of vulnerability. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 says, flee temptation. Everybody say, flee temptation. Don't put yourself in a place of vulnerability. If you've got a problem with gambling, why would you want to go to a casino? Hello? You don't do that. If you've got a problem consuming a lot of alcohol, why would you buy your lunch from a bar? Does that make sense to you? No. If you've got a problem with lying, get somebody to hold you accountable. You know, some people, I used to know a guy in, in, in one of the country churches where I pastored. Honestly, he couldn't tell the truth. He didn't even know he was lying. It was just like, kept on. You say, you ask him something and he spin off some rubbish and you kind of go, are you serious? He's got no idea. He's just kept on rubbish, kept on, you know, people like that rubbish keeps coming out of their mouth. And, and so you need to have somebody to hold you accountable. My wife holds me accountable. Man, how many of you got wives that hold you accountable? A few of you, you need to get a few more. You know, if I'm telling a story, not a few more wives, if I'm telling a story, I'm not saying that. Did I say that? I didn't say that. You said that. If I'm telling a story, I might say there was 200, I was 250 people in the meeting. She'll go, 200. And she'll do it publicly. She'll be standing there, like she's sitting down. I go, you know, there was 200 people. 200. 150. She always holds me accountable, and that's good for me. It's really good for me. If you have a problem with pornography... You need to block certain sites. You need to do that. You're not strong enough. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? We've got to understand our points of vulnerability. And you know, I can just hear some of you say, oh, Pastor John, we're Christians. You know, you shouldn't be talking like that. That's why I am talking to you like that. Because I've lived long enough to see what actually happens amongst those who call themselves believers. They open themselves to all sorts of stuff, you see. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. You know why Christians fall? They get careless. They get careless. If you examine the people who have lost their integrity or maybe lost their marriage or lost their business or just lost whatever, it's not because they're bad people. What happened is they got careless. They thought it would never happen to them. And then things started to occur. It was the gradual slide, a gradual slide into the thing. And I'm going to show you something. All right, I'm going to pick it up from here. Is that all right? Have a bit of a breather. Have a bit of a breather. Oh, have I got it here? My bag, somebody's taking my bag. Oh, my bag's in the other room. <gasps> my bag's in the other room. Can you please get that? Okay. <laughs> How many of you love fishing? Who are the fishermen here? Okay. I know a little bit about fishing. I said to Pastor, I said, um, I mean, fishing, I don't like fishing in, in Victoria. I never catch anything. I just, I just get these little flatheads like this. And, but uh, apparently here, here you guys got lots of fish, huh? Well, let me, for those of you who are, I'm just going to grab something here. All right, just stay here. Just stay here. 
I should have got this. This is my problem. Maybe. Maybe it's here. Maybe it's not. Here we go. Oh, here we go. All right. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. For those of you who are fish, fisher people, I got something for you. What is this? It's a lure. Isn't it pretty? Those of you who are fishermen would understand that if you're going to catch fish, you need bait. True? And now, these days, they've actually got lures to really, really captivate, the, you know, attract the fish. This is beautiful, isn't it? His name is John. <laughs> and he'll come along. And the way it works is this. You know, already I'm, already I'm almost hooked here. Comes along. You can't tell what's underneath as it's sailing through the water. And that fish can play with it, knock it a few times, brush up against it, maybe try to get a bit of a bite, and nothing will happen. Maybe the first time, the second time. But sooner or later, if they keep on playing with this thing, you're going to get hooked. Because underneath, there's the hook. And they're gone. See, that's temptation. That's how the enemy works. Right? He brings it along. looks good, doesn't it? Doesn't it look good? Ah, look good. So harmless. And then you start playing with it. You start touching it. And before you know it, you're hooked, baby. You're dragged along by the nose. And that's the enemy's schemes. That's how he works. He works amongst us. And, and, and uh, I remember a story of, uh, of, uh, that happened to me about 15 years ago. Is that right, if I can be open? I attended, a, I attended a club. It was called Toastmasters Club. And that's where you learn to speak. You know? I just thought, I've got to get out of this Christian circle. I've got to go to a place where they can analyze me. and just I want to be, I want to be my best for God. And also, I, I want to meet some non-Christian people. So I went along to this Toastmasters Club. And um, it was around about 40 minutes away. And it's great. I really recommend it. If you've been called to speak publicly, it can really help you. And it's a good, they've got a great ambience. They've got a great environment. They encourage people. They, they tell you what you're doing well. They tell you what not you're doing well. So it's great. It's about 40 minutes away. It was at a place called Box Hill. Anyway, I'm going along there. I'm doing well. And, and this girl comes along. And it was a bit of a pain going 40 minutes and then 40 minutes back. And she lives in the same suburb as what I do. And she's a, she's a good girl. Uh, and she says, uh, Pastor John. Oh, she didn't call me Pastor. She didn't know that. But she says, John, she says, uh, how about we share the driving to the, to the club. I mean, you know, why you're driving right past my home. And, you know, we'll just share it. You do it one day and, you know, I'll do it the next and it's okay. And I remember hearing her and I'm thinking to myself, you know, that doesn't sound like a bad idea, you know, like kind of, you know, like you get this little bit of a check, you know, you kind of go, oh, no, it's, a, yeah, I, look, I tell you, I, I said, I'll get back to you. All right, so then I talked to my wife. So I said, you know, Lois, I said, there's this girl, and, and you know, she's a good girl, and, and this, you know, she, she really wants to improve. She wants to talk about how to improve her skills, and, you know, it's a great opportunity maybe to speak to her. You know, what do you think? You know, what do you think, Lois?
She says, are you mad? Are you absolutely lost it? There's no way in the world you're going to do that. And, like, and, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, I had to go back to the girl. I never want to do something that my wife is not happy with. And, and I thought to myself, you, you are right. You know, so I, I had to go back, and this was the most difficult thing. I had to go back to the girl and say, look, um, I don't know even know what I said, but it was like she looks at me and she says, uh, and I could just feel it. You know, you, you know what they're saying? What, do you think I'm a predator? You know, you think, you? I'm not interested in you. That kind of thing. And it really it was like a very awkward situation. But I want to let you know something. I'm glad I did that because I'll tell you this. Anybody, you put them in the wrong place, in the wrong situation, and anything can go wrong because we are made of flesh and blood. Come on. I need to have a hallelujah or something or, you know, amen. I'm still here today because of that, okay? The apostle the, uh, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, says, I warn you to keep away from evil desires that fight against your soul. Okay, let's get back here to, to the temptation of Jesus. Jesus, so he has to fight vulnerability, and we find that the enemy comes, and he says to him, and, and, and Jesus, you know, I, I think the enemy is just like a bit of a boxer. He's just looking for an opening. That's what they do, don't they? They, they're working their way around, you know, they're just, and when they see an opening, that's what they're trying to do. They, they, they swing in there, you know, they're, they're ducking there. And, and, and when he gets a bit of an opening, bang, he comes to punch. And, and Jesus, Jesus then retaliates, blocks it, and then retaliates. And he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Pow! And, but do you think the enemy gives up? Oh, no. Oh, no, he, then he just, okay, oh, man, that was, whew, got a bit of a sore jaw there. So then he comes around again. He goes, well, I'm just waiting again. Here's, here's the one. He says, but the scripture says that if you throw yourself down, that, that he will cause angels to support you. Wow, now we've got the enemy quoting scripture. Wow, isn't that something? Okay, but he's a liar. He's alive. So he comes in and, of course, Jesus goes, bang, hits him again and says, you know, just knocks it completely out of the place. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. The first area that the enemy attacks you in is your point of vulnerability. The other thing that he does is he twists things. Everybody say twists things. He twists things in your mind. He says to those who are married, things like this, You're ma you married the wrong person. You, may, you shouldn't have married them. You should have married somebody else. They don't understand. This other girl, she understands. Oh, she's really a person who will listen to what you have to say. What is that? It's a lie. Everybody say it's a lie. Every marriage goes through problems. Every marriage fights about money, about sex, about parenting. Oh, I said that word. <gasps> Am I allowed to say You said it before I did, though. Yeah. All of us. Come on, come on. Those of you who are married, say amen or something. Oh, my, or something. You know, of course you do. You do. There are seasons that you go through. He's a liar. And you need to identify those lies and make sure you deal with them. Amen? That infatuation you have with somebody else other than your spouse is a setup of the enemy. It's a flaming lie. Say, I'm a flaming lie. <laughs> <laughs> the 
The devil will whisper to you, you are not worthy of God's love. That's a, everybody say it's a flaming lie. Because Romans chapter 8, verse, verse 20, 39 says, have you got that scripture for us? Romans chapter 8, verse 39 or 34. Okay, maybe you got it wrong there. Okay, nothing will be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. The enemy will whisper to you, says, says God is punishing you, you see. The thing you're going through now, the sickness you're going through, it's a punishment from God. What is that? It's a flaming it's a flaming lie. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove my transgressions from me. Amen? Amen. He'll say something like this, your children will never serve the Lord. They'll never come back. They're lost forever. Why even bother? What is that? It's a flaming, thank you very much. It's a flaming lie. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 10 says, my children shall be taught of the Lord. My children, and taught a lot, and great will be their peace. You remember, said, remember I said to you, don't lose ever that, that picture of them coming back into the house of God. The enemy will come to you and he'll say to you, you're not going to make it. You're too stressed out. You're going to burn out. It's, you're just going to have an emotional breakdown. What is that? It's a flame and what? It's a flame and lie. A flame and light. What does the word of God says in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says, I am with you, says the Lord. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In other words, the enemy goes, just get out of here. Get, just get, you need to say to them, get out of here. Just like Jesus says, he brushes him off, get out of my way. You're, you're, just, you're, just, you're interfering with God's will in my life. Smith Wigglesworth was a man that God used very, very powerfully. And one day he was, um, he was sleeping and he woke up from his sleep and he felt this really evil presence at the end of his bed. And as he opened his eyes, he saw this dark form. And he looked at it and he knew that this was the power of darkness. It was the devil himself. And then he said, oh, it's only you. And went back to sleep again. You see, when we're fighting against the enemy, it's not as if that we're on equal ground. You know, it's not as if, you know, the Dark Vader and Luke Skywalker. It's not like that, you know, equal, just, just barely. Oh, no, you are more than a conqueror. God is on your side. The power of God is inside of you. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. But you need to understand that we live in a spiritual world. There's no match for Jesus. No match. In a few moments, we're going to pray for people. We're going to pray for people maybe who feel, you know what? Something's going on. Something's going on. This is not natural. Something's attacking my health. Something's attacking my mind. Some of you have had all sorts of distortions in your thinking. You're kind of, you feel like giving up. You feel like you're going crazy. In the middle of the night, you wake up and you're getting all of these mad things happening and, and it's really disturbing you. Let me tell you that that is an attack of the enemy. Some of you feel an attack in your family, against your children, against your marriage. We're in a few moments, we're going to stand against that in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. We're going to stand against it.
because we believe, because we're going to resist the devil. We're going to submit ourselves to God. We're going to resist the devil. And he will what? Flee. He will flee. He's got no option but to do that. That's what we're going to do. But the first thing we need to do before we get into that is do this. You need to come fully onto God's side. You know when you're vulnerable, when you're walking, when you're walking, you just walk in the fence. You can, t you can topple over at any point. Some of you are. Some of you are playing around with your, your walk with God. You need to come fully onto God's side. Don't go just, just barely one foot in the world and one foot with God because all it just takes is a little shove and you're gone. You're finished. Come fully over to God's side. Bring yourself under God's protection. Bring yourself under God's blessing. Bring yourself under God's favor. Bring yourself under God's lordship. And when you do that, you'll find his strength inside of your life. Come on. Come over to God's side. Are you ready to do that? Come on, everybody stand. I'm going to pray a prayer. The prayer is going to go something like this. It's going to be, Lord, I, I bring myself completely over to where you are. I take myself from where I am, Lord, and I pray. I bring myself under your Lordship. Lord, I want your protection over my life. Lord, I want your favor over my life. I want your blessing over my life. I'm not going to give any opportunity to the devil whatsoever. Lord, I bring myself completely under your authority. And as I pray that prayer, if there are people here and you say, wow, that's, that's just for me because that's what I need to do. With every eye closed, you say, Pastor John, when you pray that prayer, will you include me in that prayer? I want you to lift up your hand and say, I'm coming, I'm coming completely over to God's side. I'm coming, I'm crossing over into a deeper walk with God. I want you to lift up your hand right, right across this auditorium, right across this auditorium. You know, God is, God is leading you to a deeper walk with Him. You just want to come over completely over to His side. Father, in the name of Jesus, lots of hands going up. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, as they step over, Lord God, that you will protect them, Lord. Lord God, that you'll fill them with the Holy Ghost, Lord. Lord God, that they will know your power inside of their life. Lord, that they'll sense your presence, Lord. We break every curse over their life, Lord. We pray, oh God, the blessing of Almighty God will fill their life, fill their family in Jesus' name. As we bring ourselves under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, He cannot touch us because we are God's own, because we have God's Spirit. Lord God, we are covered by the blood of Jesus. Lord, we thank You, Lord. He has nothing in us in Jesus' name. Everybody say, He has nothing in us. Thank You, Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give Him praise. We give You honour. Oh, lift up your hand. Just lift up your hand. I pray, Holy God, Holy Father, that now you come and visit us and you start to lift things off people's lives. Right now, in the name of Jesus, start to lift things off people's lives. Father God, where there's darkness, Lord God, let it flee in Jesus' name. By the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord God, let the hope once again come into their lives in Jesus' name. I think we ought to just worship God just for a song. We bring ourselves into God's presence. Then we're going to pray for some people.
Come on, let's do that. Jesus. Nothing happening which is beyond the normal. It could be in your own personal life, could be in your own family, could be in your own health, in what's happening in your mind, what's happening in your emotions, what's happening with your children. It's just some stuff happening. You go, what's going on here? I believe today we can submit ourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will what? He will flee. He will flee. So if you feel in any way that there's something that you need to, you just need to pray for, we need to have prayer for, we're going to break that thing in Jesus' name. We break that thing in Jesus' name. It's not going to be dramatic. It's not going to be loud. We're just going to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you already know what I'm talking about. I've been through those times. I said, wow, what was that? What's going on there? That's crazy. That's madness. That's not natural. If that's you, and uh, it, it, it could be a whole bunch of people at different times, because it'll happen to you, believe me, at one time or another, it will happen to you. Now, we're going to pray right now, okay? Is that right? So I want you to step out of your seat. If you know that, you know that in your heart. We're going to take authority in the name of Jesus, and we're going to pray for you. Is that okay? All right, so come out of your seat right now. You know that. You'll know. You'll know. You go, this is strange. This is weird. And that's what you'll, it'll be that feeling, this is weird. This is crazy. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I know that things can go wrong, but this is now, this is too much. Too much. Well, then that's a strategy of the enemy, and we're going to stand against it in Jesus' name. Come on, step out, come, and we're going to pray. I'm going to ask the prayer team. I want those of you who are here, if you feel that there's a, if there's a curse, some of you say, it's just like there's a curse over my life. What is going on here? We're going to break that thing in Jesus' name as well. Because you are not cursed, you're blessed of God. You're called to be the head, not the tail. You're called to be victorious, not the one who's defeated. God wants you to step up into a different place. Amen. Are you ready to receive, guys? Yeah. Lord, in Jesus' name. Where's the prayer team? Can we do that? We're going to pray. Lift up your hands toward the Lord. Come on, let's believe God. Let's believe God. In the name of Jesus. 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 We take authority. Lead us in worship as we just bless God. Lord, we take authority. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name.